What's going on, everyone? Matt Savoka here from Awesomeo.com, filling in for my buddy Josh Engelman this week with the Week 10 FanDuel Main Slate Contenders video for Awesomeo.com. We're going to break down all of my favorite plays from every single position. Before we do, though, go ahead and like this video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell below so that you always know when this channel is going live. You guys know what to do. And you can give me, Matt Saboka, a follow on Twitter, at Draftaholic. And remember to comment below as well with some of your favorites of my picks and maybe your least favorites of my picks. Okay, let's get into this one. Before we dig into this main slate contenders video, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Jock Market. Jock Market is a fantasy sports stock exchange where you can make money every minute, every second even, by buying and selling shares of players for real money in real time. Use our exclusive code AWESOMO, you see it at the bottom of the screen, to get a $50 deposit bonus on your first deposit. You can download the app today. It's got markets for the NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, and NHL. And best of all, it has a first market guarantee. Jock Market will refund your first losses in your first NFL or NBA market up to $100. Use that promo code AWESOMO again for that deposit bonus. Download the app today. All right, as you can see on the screen right now, we have our top 10 defenses. And no surprise, at the top, we're seeing teams like the Bills, the Steelers, and of course, at number one, the Buccaneers. Heavy favorites, lower salaries, always helpful, especially on FanDuel, where we're going to need the salary this week. Even with a few easy value options, the defenses look really strong. All right, let's get into the top five players for each position this week. Starting with the tight ends, we're going with number five, Jared Cook. Tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. You always want to play home favorite tight ends. And while this is a close matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, it is a high total. They are favorites and they are at home. So we're going to take Jared Cook here with a solid 8.2 median projection at 5,200 in salary this week. Yeah, the ceiling is not really there for Cook. He's going to have to catch multiple touchdowns and be hyper efficient not something really in his range of outcomes but we still see about 3.5 percent of our sims he's getting over 25 fantasy points the chargers offense is top 10 but so is the minnesota vikings defense a tough matchup but a good one still for jared cook number four it's dallas goddard i still feel like goddard's salary hasn't fully adjusted for the fact that zach Ertz is no longer a member of the philadelphia eagles yes over the last two weeks the eagles have been incredibly rush heavy which has limited the passing offense in general but still we're seeing goddard targeted on an insane rate of his routes run he only ran 13 routes in week eight and 15 in week nine and yet over those two weeks, he saw 13 total targets. He's seeing a target on 46% of his routes run over the last two weeks. That's an insane, insane number. The median projection is nine points, pretty solid. And he can get over 25 fantasy points in this matchup, even against Denver. I think Goddard could have 10 targets in a game very soon. Why not this week against the Broncos? At number three, it's rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth. I mean, if Kyle Pitts wasn't a tight end and he wasn't a rookie this year, we would be going berserk about how Fryermuth has burst onto the scene as a rookie 
Just a fantastic three-week stretch for him here. Seven targets in week six, seven targets in week eight, and six targets in week nine, but two of them were caught in the end zone for a tight end one performance, 21.3 fantasy points. He gets greater than 25 fantasy points in just over 3% of our simulations. And that has to do with the fact that he's essentially the number two option on this team if Chase Claypool is out with a toe injury for any extended period of time. No, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is not impressive this season. But nonetheless, we're still taking a player who is most likely going to get six targets in this game against Detroit, one of the worst defenses in the league. Absolutely fine with Firemove at 5,100. At number two, it's Kyle Pitts. What's not to like about Kyle Pitts? The de facto number one option in the Atlanta Falcons passing game. The highest total game on the slate. Yes, they're underdogs on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. But you got to think that Matt Ryan will be targeting Kyle Pitts heavily in this matchup. And Matt Ryan, by the way, had his most efficient game of the season last week. If he keeps that up, then Pitts is going to be producing off the charts, which for a rookie tight end, he is already doing. Yes, he's the highest salary tight end on the slate, and it doesn't really matter. He's getting into our optimal lineup 17% of that time of the time because his floor projection and his ceiling projection is so high. You can see that ceiling getting to 25 fantasy points or more 15% of the time. That's really why he gets in there so often. We will take that against Dallas's struggling defense via PFF grades. And at number one, it's the tight end on the other side of this matchup. Dalton Schultz, he's just got a target floor on one of the best offenses in the league with Dak Prescott presumably one week healthier. We're giving that Dallas offense a mulligan after just not showing up last week against the Denver Broncos. We'll have a lot more to say about that if they don't show up again this week, but that's not what we're projecting here. An 11.2 median projection for a tight end is just fantastic on its own. The floor and the ceiling is there, and the salary saving compared to a player like Pitts is there as well. Home favorite tight ends, that's what we like to play. So we're going with Schultz as our number one tight end play of the week. Moving right along to the wide receiver position. At number five, it's A.J. Brown, wide receiver one for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, he has been a target monster over the last two weeks, really the last four weeks, nine targets in week six, nine in week seven, 11 in week eight, and 11 in week nine. That's what we like to see from wide receiver ones. That's why he's had two performances of over 25 fantasy points. So even though he doesn't get there last week, that's just the volatility of the position. But yes, the salary is up there, 7,600 on FanDuel, but it's doable. The median projection, just fantastic, 14.3. We saw New Orleans able to get gashed through the air. Matt Ryan, 343 passing yards last weekend. Tannehill could absolutely do it too, even though they're still ranked fourth in PFF's defensive grade, the Saints are. Uh, I mean... I don't know what to dislike about A.J. Brown this week. If he's going to get 11 targets, he's probably going to get closer to that ceiling projection. You see he's getting over 25 fantasy points in over a quarter of our simulations. At number four, it's Mike Williams, the wide receiver two, essentially, for the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, Keenan Allen is most likely to play this week, but he has missed practices with lower leg injuries. He's not 100%. And we do like this Chargers offense in general this week. So I 
would recommend Mike Williams, but remember the floor is pretty low for him. We've actually seen him just receive five targets in three straight games. It feels like a far cry, a long time since week five when he saw 16 targets against the Cleveland Browns and nine targets in week three, 10 targets in week two, 12 targets in week one. That feels a long time ago too. The expected fantasy points are down. The opportunities are down, but that doesn't mean they're down forever here. It's a tough matchup. They're going to need all their stars to step up if the Chargers expect to win this game. That's why we like Mike Williams at number four. At number three, it is the most expensive, the highest salary player for the wide receiver position, and it's Devontae Adams, and he deserves it. Getting Aaron Rodgers back, really full strength with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams himself for the first time in three weeks. So we really like him coming in at 17.1 in median projection and in the optimal lineup over 16% of the time. I'm taking that 13th ranked offense for Green Bay with a grain of salt because I believe that it would be higher if they had had Rodgers and Adams the last two weeks. The Jordan Love experiment not going great so far if any if last week was any indication it's going to be much smoother sailing should Rodgers be able to suit up get off the COVID list for this week and Adams should go right back to getting the most targets and the most air yards in the league we really have no concerns here yes the wide receiver position is volatile but the floor and ceiling is as good as it can get for Devontae Adams at number two, we already mentioned his teammate, Mike Williams, but Keenan Allen looks like he's going to smash this week. I mean, the median projection is just fantastic at 14.6 fantasy points, and really it's the ceiling. Even for a slot receiver like Keenan Allen, he could have 20 targets in a game. We saw that last year, and he could have three touchdowns. We've seen that before as well. It's a situation where the offense is ranked highly, and we suspect that the offense on the other side will show up to play with a 51.5 point total in this Chargers-Vikings matchup. We really like going for all three of the main Chargers receivers in Allen, Williams, and tight end Jared Cook. Get yourself some Chargers players this week. Number two on our list coming in at 16.9% of our optimal lineups. And number one for all wide receivers and by a pretty wide margin in our simulations, it's Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool expected to be out multiple weeks with a toe injury. And that is why Johnson at 7,400 on FanDuel is showing up in over 20%, nearly 21% of the optimal lineups this week in our simulations. Yeah, the Steelers' offense is nothing to write home about. They're 30th in the league in PFF's grade, but they're playing Detroit. And when you play Detroit and that terrible pass defense that is last in the league in points allowed per play, you play the top options. We are going to be talking about more top options for the Steelers this week, but a 16.1 median projection for a 7,400 salary player is something we are not passing up. Deontay Johnson, by a good amount, the number one wide receiver. At number five, it's Dalvin Cook. The opportunities will absolutely be there this week for Cook. 17.6 median projection. Yes, the salary is high at 8,500, but this is a high total game, 51.5 point total. They are slight underdogs, so they're going to need a huge game 
from Dalvin Cook if they have a chance, want a chance for the upset against the Chargers on the road. I see him getting more than 25 fantasy points in nearly 40% of our simulations, and we can project pretty easily 20 total opportunities. In week six, even, Cook was up at 31 total opportunities. You can't say that a lot about a lot of players. So even at an increased salary, we're fine with Dalvin Cook at number five. At number four, it's Austin Eckler, and you could say he's even in a better spot than Dalvin Cook in this same matchup here. 17.9 fantasy point median projection is pretty solid, and the receiving upside is there for Eckler in a way that it is for almost no other running back. 10 targets in week eight, seven targets in week six. That's why you see him at over 25 fantasy points over a third of the time, over 35% of the time, in fact, as a favorite at home, we absolutely love Eckler. I can't believe he's only number four. It just is because we have a couple of really solid value options. But still, in terms of floor, ceiling, and median projection, you really can't do much better than Austin Eckler. Number three, it's Jonathan Taylor. And Taylor has emerged as possibly the best healthy running back in the league this year and he's doing it on only so-so opportunities he's hovering right around 20 opportunities per game just a 60.8 percent opportunity share because naheem hines remains involved but still on a fantasy points per opportunity basis on a yards per route run basis when he's running routes he, there is no one in the league better right now his 6.8 yards per touch is second among all running backs and his 52 percent evaded tackles per touch rate is by far number one in the league he's playing the jaguars he's at home he's over a touchdown favorite and the colts have been playing pretty darn well offensively in general yes the salary is really really high but it's deservedly high the 18.7 median projection makes him number three on our running back list at number two it's ezekiel elliott in the highest total game of the slate at home favored by 10 points. The Dallas offense didn't show up last week, but they're still ranked number one by PFF via offensive grades. And that's why you see such a high projection for their starting running back. It was a little disconcerting to see him start the second half with his knee wrapped and ice on it, but apparently the swelling went down. He was able to finish the game with a reduced touch share we do expect him to get back to that normal workload, but still, he's going to lose some touches to Tony Pollard. I think it's more likely that he gets about 20 to 22 touches than 25 to 30 touches that we sometimes saw for Elliott in years past. Still, the median projection, well over 16 points, and in a third of the simulations, he's getting over 25 fantasy points. We can take that from a running back one, especially when, in terms of premium salary running backs, He's actually at the lower end, 8,000 for Elliott this week. That's excellent. And finally, the number one running back, and it's not particularly close. Look at the difference in the amount of times that Dernis Johnson shows up in the optimal lineup compared to every other running back on this slate. I mean, is if this isn't the biggest free square alert for this position all season, I don't know what is. We've already seen this situation play out where Jernis Johnson gets essentially the whole backfield to himself. In week seven, he got 24 total opportunities, turned it into a really solid outing over 20 fantasy points. 
And that's why we see him with an 18.7 point median projection. He's over that 25 mark in over 40% of our simulations. That's just fantastic. The Cleveland Browns offense, yes, is in flux with these running backs on the COVID list and no more Odell Beckham, but still PFF ranks them very highly in offensive grades. Number five on the season. They are slight underdogs, but Dernis Johnson is not an underdog for the top overall running back play. It's not particularly close. The value is way too good at 5,400. And rounding it out with the quarterback position, here are our top five quarterbacks starting with number five, Dak Prescott. The highest total game on the slate belongs to Cowboys and Falcons, 55-point total, and Prescott and the Cowboys are massive favorites here. Basically, the betting market saying redo on last week after they just didn't show up against Denver. But one thing we did see is even down 30 to nothing, they kept pushing the ball offensively, Dallas did. And that's why Dak Prescott actually ended up with 19 fantasy points, a QB9 performance. You know, the rushing upside really isn't there anymore. Six rushing yards in week five, 10 in week six. And then when he came back last week, 16, he's injured. He's not trying to, to use that part of his game right now. But the passing upside is still there in this number one ranked offense. And the Atlanta defense isn't scaring anyone. That's why we got a 21.5 median projection for Dak Prescott, number five. Number four, it's Tom Brady. Oh, man, what can you say about Tom Brady that hasn't already been said? He's unbelievable. And when you age adjusted, it just doesn't make any sense. They're favored by 10 points against Washington, who has taken a huge step back defensively, now ranked 19th via PFF. And I'm surprised that PFF has any offense ranked higher than Tampa Bay's this year. Tom Brady's been fantastic. The offensive line has been fantastic. Number one in player profilers protection rate. But Brady keeps slinging it and slinging it deep. Number two in attempts. Number one in deep ball attempts. Number one in passing touchdowns. Number one in fantasy points per game. The only consideration we need to make is salary. Sometimes 8,300 doesn't work. And the fact that there are some injuries to note. Chris Godwin is a game-time decision. Likely no Rob Gronkowski. Likely no Antonio Brown. And I still don't really care. Tom Brady coming in at number four. At number three, it's Matt Ryan. If the Falcons want any chance of staying in this game, Matt Ryan is going to have to repeat a performance like he had last week against the Saints, who, by the way, rank out higher than the Cowboys in terms of PFF defensive grades. Ryan was masterful last week. He had 343 passing yards on just 30 pass attempts. That's 11.4 yards per pass attempt, by far the most we've seen from Ryan this season, and really one of the most efficient passing games we've seen by any quarterback this year. Yeah, the rushing upside is, there's nothing to speak of. So the ceiling is all on the arm of Matt Ryan, but we're still seeing him get to more than 25 fantasy points in 40 plus percent of simulations. He's in the optimal lineup over 9% of the time, and that 19.1 median projection looks really solid at a 7,300 salary. We play quarterbacks, even underdogs, in the highest total game of the slate. And with Ryan playing very well right now, we can play him with confidence this week. At number two, this is a trust the math situation because it doesn't feel that great to see Jalen Hurts popping in over 10% of our optimal lineups. And it really has to do with that ceiling score. 
that he's capable of. You see him over 51% of the time, he's getting over 25 fantasy points. That has to do with the fact that he essentially has 60-yard rushing upside every week. And if you add a touchdown on the ground to that, now you're talking about essentially 100 yards and a passing touchdown on top of what has typically been middling passing production, at least in the second half of the season. In week eight, they only threw 14 times against Detroit. And in week nine, they only threw 17 times. A far cry from the 37, 48 pass attempts that we saw in week four. This is a very different team, but Hurts still has that rushing ability that is unignorable. That gets him there a lot of the times in a tough matchup against the Denver defense. Number two on our list is Jalen Hurts. And coming in at number one on this list, it's Josh Allen. We're basically saying redo on what we thought was going to be a get-right game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nope, they get beat 9-6. to six. Allen throws the ball 47 times, and yet he doesn't have any production, zero passing touchdowns, and, you know, 50 rushing yards is not nothing, but it's not what we expect from Josh Allen, and it's certainly not what we expect this week against the New York Jets and their 31st-ranked defense via PFF. The Bills are 13-point favorites in a decently high total game, and I just love the medium projection here. Well over 25 fantasy points in two-thirds of the simulation he gets there. He gets over 25 fantasy points. The floor is great. The ceiling is great. The matchup is great. I will have a lot to say if he doesn't do great this week, but on our Sims, number one by far, it's Josh Allen. All right, folks, that is going to do it for our Week 10 FanDuel Main Slate Contenders video for the NFL. If you're looking for the DraftKings version of this video, it's around here somewhere on this YouTube channel. Definitely check it out and follow me on Twitter. I'm Matt Savoka at Draftaholic. Much appreciated. And Josh, thanks for letting me fill in this week. It's been a whole lot of fun. I will be back Sunday giving you my Sunday night football showdown picks. Until then, I will see you guys later.